So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and I, of course, have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm fantastic, Rick. How are you? Oh, I'm just great. We're having crisp weather down here, which is not the norm for Houston, so I'm just, I have the window open next to me. I'm freezing, and I love it. Oh, it's a rough <laughs> life, eh? Over there in Houston having crisp weather. What What is crisp weather in Houston? Oh, now, I knew you were going to do that to me. Um, i got to ask. What's, what, what's the temperature right now? It's 15 right now. Oh, wow. Head, headed for a low of 4. You poor thing. I know, oh I know. Goodness. It's 7 in Montreal and raining. And it was clear and sunny and beautiful full moon and, and, and 15 here, but... Uh, I know. have chocolate to make up for the fact that just thank you. Fifteen, you if fifteen was the cold, just imagine some of the hot you get to put up with. It's like uh, forty degrees here this summer. Forty-one in one no. day. Optimum temperatures for people like me. <laughs> so, are we going to talk about the weather all night, or are we going to? Um, well, that's why we had a radio. This isn't the radio for the weather. The okay. Oh, oh yeah. All right. Uh, why don't you say hi to our friends over at uh, Inner Child? Hi, friends at Inner Child. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would. Uh, Inner Child family, shout out to, of course, as always, whether you're here or not here. Um, we love you, especially, and i gotta, I got to do this on the air, although Bill is going to beat me for it later. Um, Bill, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I sent Bill a piece of writing today for a writing competition that I'm about to enter, and he's the first person... You had the balls to tear it to pieces, and I'm not. <laughs> I love him for it. Good job. Um, no, he 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 was very honest about about what needed to be done, and he made some brilliant observations. So, um, and that falls into line with the fact that Bill runs a publishing company, and as an author, I got to tell you, he knows what he's doing, guys. So, go visit him if you're looking for somebody to help you publish your work. Um, Pop over to Inner Child because um, Bill, Bill will work with you right from the right from the beginning, and he'll he'll help you structure a program that's going to best benefit you and not benefit the big companies that uh, love making money off the little guy. <laughs> well, just Go for just for example, I think if you self-publish on Amazon, you can at the max get about thirty percent, something like yeah. that. And uh, Bill's standard deal is seventy five twenty five, and that's seventy five to the author, twenty five to the house. 
uh, not the other way around. So quite a thing. And, and, he, and he knows he knows his poetry and he knows his prose. Um, so and, he, and he's going to be honest with you. And um, he's not going to he's not going to make you feel small by any means. Uh, now that I've had some a piece of work edited by him, um, it just wonderful delivery with regards to what could be worked on. Um, but it came along with a lot of. But I really like this. So go check him out because he's just an all around good guy and um, he can help you grow. That's right. That's our family over there. Yeah. And uh, family, we're we we having a contest. Should I tell them about the contest now? Tell them later. Nah, tell them later. We'll I tell them about the contest cat. later because we want to talk to <laughs> Jessica. Yes. So we have here with us tonight Jessica Schaub. Uh, Hi. Saying that right? Hi. Yes, you did. You're the one of the first one to say it right. And, uh, actually, well, it's actually actually we pronounce so we don't ever say it as Jessica Schaub. You have to hawk a good amount of slam. You know, it's very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So. <laughs> oh, so thank you for having me on the show. That was really interesting what you were sharing about uh, this person to help edit because I'm in the middle of uh, very close to now publishing my poems. So um, I'm looking oh, well, like that. Maybe we should talk about the World Poetry Contest and Jessica. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I, wow. Okay, that's really cool. So Jessica's a poet. Woohoo! Uh, that's one of the things that you do that I didn't know about. So that's cool. Um, they are having uh, the World Healing World Peace Poetry 2012 concept, uh, yeah. the contest over at Inner Child in collaboration with a whole bunch of different um, independents and small um, poetry organizations. Okay. And um, there's going to be three, count them, three big winners. Uh, we don't we don't do that one person on the top, so we're going to have three winners, all of whom will receive a, a publishing package from Inner Child, that will result in editing, cover design, and and five printed physical copies in your hand. Um, you're going to be promoted at last count on eight different radio shows, including this one, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and and then of course Bill's show. Uh, Bill makes you hang around longer, but you'll just be dying to go back because Bill's so much fun. It is fun. And, uh, but what, you know, eight some odd, uh, website features, radio features. So it's a huge release package. It just, it, the whole thing, your book, your book will be available in print and in electronic edition. And, um, uh, hold your hand and hug you and walk you through the whole deal. It just, is going to be, Great. And then for the folks that aren't the three, there will be an anthology published on uh, uh, UN Poetry Month or something uh, that's going to be published and, but under the name of the contest with virtually everybody's poem in it. So, uh, it's just super cool. Either way, yeah. you're going to get published, and that's that's awesome. And it's about world healing and world peace. Now, come on. You know, who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't want to be involved in that, right? Absolutely. Oh, and, it, and it's international. Because they're already getting entries from all over the place, so uh, it's going to be it's it's going to be a great fun, I suppose. We got what till the end of December? I Most, so. lady? Close. Yeah, after the show, you guys can forward me on where to go to uh, send uh, my stuff and everybody else too, so they know where to they can send their stuff. Inner Child, it has a website and so forth. 
Absolutely. They do. We've got the uh, websites posted in the chat room right now. And uh, for those listening, it's uh, the World Healing World Peace Poetry 2012.yulsite.com. And we will, as always, have those links up on our website at the end of the show. Okay, good. So I'm trying to write that down. I'm like, that's awfully long. It's, it's very long. It but, uh... <laughs> Perfect timing. So that's really good. It is long. Mm-hmm. So, Jessica, I get to ask you my uh, my typical question, a typical question. Go ahead. I ask everybody else that comes on the show. So who the hell are you and what do you do? Yeah, that's a good question. I really have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, it just, uh, I'm basically like so many other people out there who feel very inspired to help people um, discover who they really are and what they came to this planet to do via doing the soul archaeology within ourselves, which is really where my poetry, you know, my poetry is what came first, my message, and everything that I shared on Project Cam on all other interviews I've done have, have all come from my poetry. And uh, I just felt that the more I started to just get in touch with myself and, and fall in love with, with life and seeing myself in everyone and everything and just understanding how amazing this, this uh, journey is and this this life and the game that we are playing here, this cosmic hide-and-seek and peekaboo with the divine is how I see it, the more I realize that, oh, my goodness, we are infinite potential. So the way we are living right now is such an insult compared to how we can be living. And uh, that just opened up the doors to further explore, you know, I really wanted to not only understand but live and, and understand just how much truth is stranger than fiction and that there are no limits, just beliefs. And uh, by doing that, I started to share information at, anywhere I could, particularly at my jobs, and uh, people just weren't understanding it or, or uh, connecting with it. Um, so I decided after I finished my contract with that company, I was only going to uh, do what I wanted to do and follow my passion and just trust that I'd be taken care of financially. And um, I decided to put some videos up on YouTube. And uh, some person contacted me right away and said, you know, I really feel like you need to have a website. And I said, well, I would really like that, but I don't know how to make a website, nor do I have the money. They said, I figure you'd say that, so I will just uh, set it up for you and cover the expenses. And then the second person to see my videos, these raw little videos of myself bearing my soul to the world, um, a person said, you know what, I feel really compelled that you must come to Australia. I'll pay for everything. All you got to do is show up kind of thing. And so that's where I ended up meeting Project Camelon. And just one thing led to another, and I started to be invited to other countries and speaking. And it just opened up these doors when you just really trust um, what you feel in your heart you need to do. Because so many times we don't because we're just – so afraid, thinking that um, we're crazy, you know, or the world isn't ready for this, or we have this responsibility, or we need to do what others expect from us, and, and so forth, that it really prevents us from exploring how uh, synchronistic life can be for us, and how much life really does love us, and is trying to help us, even the things that are so difficult in our life, how it's really just alchemy and, and fertilizer that's helping us grow into our potential. So that's what I do. <laughs> wow. So out of that, I'm just supposed to ask the next question, but I don't know where to start. Um, Australia. Let's start in Australia. Let's, well, let's start with somebody saw my video and said, "Just I'll pay for everything. Just come to halfway around the world. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, start in Australia. 
see, that's happened to me before, too. I've always been kind of trained with that, even just with my first relationship uh, with a guy in France. I, I didn't really know him. I just knew I kind of I liked him and loved him, and I really had to meet him and do it all on my own kind of a thing. So I kind of scared my mom by saying, oh, bye, Mom, I'm going to uh, France to meet this guy that I, you know, I've never seen before, but I'm pretty sure I'm in love with. So, you know, it's very difficult for my mother. <laughs> when I, and then I also did it for my very first time coming out to Ontario, when um, I connected with um, ex-Canada's Most Wanted and two other guys of a sword past who had totally turned their life around and uh, were wanting to uh, help other people who have been down that road to uh, recover their life and um, inspire others because so many times when people have gone down that road, people just, you have that stigma with you your entire life, right? And so I got guided to go, and there was no fear of any kind. I knew I would be okay, and sure enough, I was. And so, um, and then there's this other time, 11-11 is coming up, where I felt compelled to go to California, and I bought a train uh, ticket, and it was for $111.11 on 11 seat 11, you know, at 11-11 a.m. I did really realize this or pay attention to it till I got to my friend's house and the first thing I like to do when I go to people's houses um, is look at their bookshelf and I saw a book called 1111 and I'm like hmm I think I'm supposed to read that you know they're very fun and, and uh, playful uh, guys when they're trying to convey a message to you and they do like to use 1111 um, which is like the white rabbit for us to follow and trust and, and know that hey it's you know awakening us uh, and to going beyond the matrix and seeing what yeah. like this like beyond the hologram but anyway um, through that I I had this experience where I got on the wrong train and I ended up getting stuck in a part of LA that wasn't the nicest and I didn't have any money because I converted it back to Canadian and it's useless in this day. <laughs> but if you take your money in Canada, I don't know, just saying. <laughs> and then, uh, so um, it was, I, I had somebody decide that they were going to drive me to the train station, the other one, even though it was clear I missed it 40 minutes ago. Um, and it was right before I was, I kind of met a being that uh, introduced my, itself as in my angel, and it said that I would be traveling and I would have a lot of close calls and I would just have to trust and surrender and know that I'm taken care of. And, uh, you know, if we follow our mind a lot of the times, we mostly we won't get involved in these things, but if you feel it and you know it to be okay and that you're safe and you just surrender, it just seems to work. I'm not saying everybody go and do this. I just have been trained in it for quite some time now. So anyway... When I got to, jumping ahead, to when I got to my train station, I found out that that train that should have left 40 minutes ago was still there. It wasn't, for some reason, it had something that it wasn't wasn't working, so it wouldn't run. But as soon as I got on that train and put my bags on, it's like, oh, it's working again, and it started going. So it was almost like the universe held it for me to demonstrate a point, you know, of trusting and uh, knowing that uh, I would have to do journeys like this. And, hey, this is the best way to go, to know that... Um, life loves us and is always creating opportunities for us and we're co-creating with the universe to bring these things about. So I find that really, really cool because I, um, three years ago, hopped on a plane and went to the Philippines. Yep. For no reason other than I knew I had to go to the Philippines. <laughs> two, two weeks notice, I think. Two weeks notice. Yep. I had two weeks notice um, to organize myself and I had never been out of the country. Um I have one of those colorful pasts that resulted in a resulted in um what are they called records those criminal things those, yeah <laughs> criminal things um so I had no idea if I could even get a passport um 
and, and travel that way. I, you know, just, but I was going and that was the end of it. And two weeks later, I stepped off the plane into the Philippines. So that I understand where you're coming through from with regards to trust. Um, but I, I'm really interested in this Australia story because something crazy just happened to Rick and I, and we've been given this opportunity to go to Nepal um, to meet with some youth groups over there. Uh, oh yeah, we're, oh, we're oh yeah. To do it, sweetheart. Absolutely, we're totally driven to to make this a reality. They want us there on the 28th. They will pay for our room, our board, our food, um, all our traveling expenses while we're there. They'll arrange to get our visas and everything. Wow. We have no idea how we're getting plane tickets because neither of us have the funds right now to buy the tickets to go to Nepal. <laughs> yeah, the very first time I went to France, I didn't have my passport. I didn't have any money. I had no idea how to do this. All I knew is that I said I was going to go August 19, and it would somehow, you know, I'd somehow have the money. Um, and I and people were like, "Well, that's the summer. It's very expensive to go to Europe in the summer. And the longer you wait, the more expensive it will get." So you and I said, "No, no, I'm pretty sure it'll be under a, a grand." Um, and you watch and see, kind of a thing. And it will be August 19. And when the time came uh, for me to get the ticket, I ended up uh, getting a, a job in uh, the film industry, which gave me exactly the uh, 900. And um, I went to the travel agency and I told them I wanted August 19. And they said, "I'm sorry, we have nothing available." And I think it took like three times. And then I said, can you check again? And the fourth time, they're like, oh, hey, something, I think somebody canceled. We have an availability and I'm, uh, for 900 for August 19th. So it just, that's the thing. Like, if you guys are meant to go, the universe will bend over backwards to make it work for you guys. So though you guys don't clearly know yet how it's going to be, just know that it will come about. You know, my good friend Lilu Mace travels that way as well. Um, and it gets more fun as you start to be like, you know what, I have, I'm have. i just going to buy a, a plane ticket at, and random, and I don't know where it's going to lead me to and what it's going to open up, but uh, every single time you'll see it works and that light family will find you and look out for you. So the Australia story, um, he was an, a nice gentleman, um, and he was very respectful, um, nothing like everybody could assume. Um he was just following what he was guided to do and to bring me down there. Um, he thought, first of all, that I would be intrigued because um, it was a conference, the Nexus conference, and uh, they had uh, speakers there that were really intriguing to me, like the the Crystal Skull, Mitchell Hedge Crystal Skull, right? right? And that and that Crystal Skull actually was in Toronto for a portion of time before it started traveling and seeing the world. Uh, these skulls don't like to be locked up. They'll start talking to the humans that, you know, have them in their possession. Be like, hey, hey, I need to be out. <laughs> Move me around, yeah. I'd, yeah like to, so, I'd like to visit with one. Um, yeah, that that one represents the heart chakra. You know, it has all kinds of um, amazing um, things that happen when people are in its presence. Sometimes people experience healing. Sometimes people see visions in the crystal, right, like just like uh, the scr- scrying that we hear about, um, people looking in the crystal ball and getting pictures and so forth. Um, it speaks and it sings and it glows and it does a whole bunch of really interesting things. Um, so when you get your chance, it's a really quite an amazing experience. Um, and then also the Ringing Cedars of Russia editors were going to be there. And um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with those books, but if you see any of my interviews, I always have this uh, certain necklace around me. It's a pendant. It's a wooden uh, ringing cedar pendant uh, from those books. Are you guys familiar with those books? No. Really? Oh, my goodness. No, I've, heard of, I've heard the name ringing cedars before, but then my mother bought me a whole bunch of books on 
um, on legends and, and stuff like that when I was younger. Cause, so I don't know if it's something that I'd heard of, but I, I don't, it, I've never read the books. It's not a legend. It's about a girl who was found in Siberia who um, lives totally in harmony with nature. Okay. And uh, she is very, the animals tend to her needs, like as if it's a fairy tale, you know, how the fairy tale princess wild animals, you know, are so drawn to her pure spirit that they look out for her. And uh, she has all kinds of incredible abilities um, beyond what anything we've really heard about. And um, so people who meet her say, or they hear about her, say she's an angel, she's an alien, she's a goddess. And she says, no, I'm human. I'm how you guys were supposed to be had you not lost your connection to Earth. And she just shares the most amazing, amazing things about um, connecting with nature and knowing that our body is our own physician and how we are supposed to... um, garden and uh, putting seeds under our tongue to program it with our DNA so that um, the plants will grow in according to what our body needs as each body is an individual and different unto the next, not like the way the medical industry looks at us is just this mouth, you know, and a stomach and any kind of pills they can administer to you, right? So um, it, it's a it's a world-famous book. Um, I, I talk about it constantly. It's really changed my life. It was really confirmation of the work that I'm doing. My poems were... A lot of them, some of them, well, yeah, a lot of them are psychic poems of uh, when you read these books, they say that you write amazing poetry afterwards, you quit your job, and you start drawing and painting. So um, before I even read the books, I started writing things that pertain to those stories and uh, what it, and it was really unique how they correlate. So uh, if you guys are interested, I could give them to you through Skype, those books. But, um, I'd totally be interested in reading them. Um, I, I have it on good authority that I won't be doing any major writing in the near future, like no novels to come up. So I'm allowed to read and write a little, or I'm allowed to read a little bit. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, when she's writing, they don't let her read. But, but they, no. <laughs> so you, this is news. That's, that's interesting. We'll talk about that sometime. Yeah. Um, the no I, novel soon. <laughs> no, short stories only. Um, short stories and articles. Interesting. That's okay. what they, they're saying. So I, I'm, I can only assume that that means that some really, really cool stuff is going to be going on, um, and we're going to be meeting some really amazing people because apparently I'm going to be writing about events, like actual real-world events. So yes. that's awesome. So, you know, it's, that's cool. That's just yay. That's <laughs> very yay. Yeah. And that's what you've been prepped and prepared for all your life. Even the yes. difficulties, that's like your PhD. Yeah, yes and no. I, I'm definitely the pen, however, um, um, during my, the end of my first book and during the second book, they, they took over my pen. Um, <laughs> so I had to come to terms with that whole channeling thing. Uh, without knowing what that was. Without knowing what channeling was, I had no idea when I went through this adventure. That it, but that's another story another time. Um but yeah, so now they're saying, and usually I'm told I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to accept any outside influences as far as other people's written works and their their own way of delivering um, the message, so that it doesn't taint or color my work. Yep. Uh, but now, that. now they're saying you can read whatever you want. So. Yeah, yeah. I've wow. had a period of that too, where I wasn't allowed to read or look at anything and just do the soul archaeology, and because everything really is inside us, right? And yeah. so you just said when you have, to, you have to trust yourself to access it and go within and download it to yourself. But then after a while, once you create, it basically is to have your own flavor and your own um, 
very much keeping you in uh, honoring your truth and what you have to offer rather than reading other people's stuff and comparing yourself and trying to or thinking that their truth is more valuable than yours because they're selling books and are successful and so forth. But you have a piece of the puzzle that is just as a, effective and has merit too. That's one of my qualms with a lot of these uh, spiritual uh, writers is that people immediately disregard their own truth for theirs. Yeah, and I, I think um, like one of my one of my biggest things is always to just tell people, you know, and and that's why I think I love I, the, the concept of the show so much, and I love um, a lot of my books integrated into all three of my books are my interactions with other people, and I try to integrate their stories as well and their um, their perceptions mm-hmm. and their way of looking at the world because it's not all about how I look at the world. It's how about it's it's about um, it's about the way that people interact, how they come together, how they communicate. And and so I share their stories with their permission, of course. I share their stories in with my writing. And so I guess Everyday Connection is a natural progression from that. Um, and, and the thought of going and traveling around the world and writing stories about these people doing these incredible things is, is just, for me, like super, super yummy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and a whole bunch of yay all rolled into one. But it's all about teaching people to understand that it's acceptable to be open to other people's ideas because that's good. We want them to embrace each other and learn from each other, but to be aware that their inner guidance I mean, really, you should never look up to anybody more than you look up to yourself. Yes. Well, because you are pieces of each other, right? Yeah. And you have to realize that you have it in there and then some. And you're, and it's just it's about perspective, too. And then when you um, integrate yours and understand other people, then you start to see that it's just very kaleidoscopic from your perspective to everybody else's how so many people can see different things and yet uh, it's the same thing and yet get something different out of it. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's, it's, I guess that's why the interaction with others is so yummy for me. And I I enjoy, there's nothing I enjoy more than watching people have their aha moment. Um, that's another, you know, good part about what I do is that somebody will, come to me and say, you know, I was reading this that you wrote and I thought about it and I think this and, but what do you think about this? And and usually my response is, what do you think? And so they go and they they reflect on it for a while and then they come back to me and they're like, I just, yeah, it's this. And it's like, yeah, it is because that's what you believe it is. And that's awesome. Yay for your, your aha moment. Helping them find their own answers, their own truth. Yeah, because I mean that's 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 the fun, right? I mean, why are we here if not to experience um, experience our own sense of worth? <laughs> I I just I I'd love for the entire world to know how awesome they are. That's oh, they're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, they're figuring it out. More that's and for more. Sure. <laughs> and Rick, you're like a pioneer. You were you know around those times where there was people who weren't awake at at all and you had to hold this light and this understanding and um, where there is no books really about this and and internet or anything like that but I mean you just kept holding it and anchoring it I keep thinking how it just must be this light that people hold for long periods of time how it must acupuncture the planet and then it project itself into the heavens and just uh, 
bring about this acceleration of, of light to souls saying, hey, you know, we're ready, come on through, we're, we're preparing and pioneering the way for you guys to do your work to be, you know, understood and take it to the next level as we pass our batons on. <laughs> <laughs> it was certainly uh, interesting. I'll, I'll say, I'll give it that much. Um, I think this might be a great time for us to uh, have a little uh, music from our friend David uh, Swarup. One of uh, Gene's favorites. And um, uh, so we'll take a break and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Everybody hang with us. Have a caller online. You hang with us. We're going to check with you while we're during the break, okay? Rick, you'd think you were an actual uh, professional radio host or something. Oh, I'm not cut it out. Oh, we're just having fun. All right, we've got eight minutes of music here. I probably won't let it all play, but anybody needs to run and do anything or anything, we've got plenty of time. I'm good. Okay, good. They having fun? I get really hyper when I talk about these things. But are you having fun? That's because that's all that counts. If we're not having fun, we're all going to hang up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> it's like that. It's just, no, you can hear how jovial I am, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We're having fun. That's what we call it our virtual sandbox. Our virtual sandbox. And it's getting bigger and bigger in, um, in that room that we're in. The chat room. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm going to teach you how to play the hang. Definitely going to have him on the show. Well, yeah, we've already got that one down. But, uh, yeah, this fellow's got videos up on YouTube, Jessica, like, oh, he's sitting on the edge of a cliff in India playing his instrument. Wow. <laughs> There's, like, hang solo, triumbali. India, but he's not sitting in the village. He's out on this edge of this rock over a valley. And just to see him play, this instrument, I mean, the instrument in and of itself is just cool, and the sound is amazing, and 
um, just to watch him play. I mean, it's, it's like watching a painter paint or, you know, any artist. It just, he gets so lost in the music. It's, it's complete and utter meditation for him. It's just amazing to watch him. Yeah, it's a- well, artists are modern day shamans. so put down, you know, in this world right now because people think, oh, you're going to be a starving artist. I really think that, you know, they are doing this theater to me and bringing out and sharing Welcome back. I just want to give a shout out to everybody in the uh, uh, chat room with us this evening. We've got uh, uh, Billy James Martin and Basement Tracks Radio. Uh, Eo Jadis. I'm probably messing these up ter- terribly. SF Callen, we have uh, four guests with us this evening. Uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight and being part of the conversation. It's really grand. And speaking of part of the conversation... Uh, we have a caller that has a question for uh, Jessica, so we're going to go ahead and uh, take our first question. Caller from area code 812. Are you there, Cheryl? Hi, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Go ahead with Thanks question. for taking my call. Hi, Jessica. Hi, um, Cheryl. Well, hi. Um, I'm going through a lot right now of financially, relationship, everything. And I've been really trying to connect with my my guides and angels for I just I need advice and you know their help, but yet I don't always feel like I'm connecting with them. Is there something that I can do to to make that connection more clear? 
First of all, there are a lot of people right now that are going through this where it seems like their relationship is ending, their job is ending, and this is in a sense like we're heading towards 2012, right, where people are thinking, oh, it's the end of the world, it's the end of, you know, how we're living, being, thinking, and doing, all these things that aren't serving us and um, our true joy and what we really want to do with our time and energy are just um, respecting us and how we feel life should be in that adventure, and life is pushing us to um, really start trusting and exploring that. Like what happened with me, I feel like I was just a bit of a pioneer myself to uh, prepare and walk people through this process and the phases and connecting with our guides. I mean, you already are connected with our guides. You're just um, a matter of um, they're speaking all the time to to listen to them now. When you're in the situation that you're in, it's understandable that your mind is probably going a mile a minute as you're trying to think yourself out of this. And you got to know that, I mean, that life is looking out for you and will take care of you, but you have to give it a chance, too, by just letting go. Because the thing about all these things we're talking about with traveling, you know, it's really hard for me to make plans because life always makes other plans. And so a lot of people get really annoyed when their plans don't work, but I just be like, okay, well, you know, life knows what it's doing more than I do, right? So we can fight and argue about our past rather than, looking and seeing the, the beauty of um, how everything how everything that happens to us shapes and molds us into the person we need to be to do what we came here to do. So to step out of the mind from going from a head case to a heart case, to start to feel your guides more by getting in touch with who you are as far as what you love to do what you when you were a kid, what you wanted to be when you get older, asking yourself questions if money wasn't an object and uh, what and I could be doing anything with my time and energy, what would I be doing? These things help you get really clear in connecting with your guides. Writing is a big thing, too. Um, I call writing soul archaeology, doing that inner work and finding those answers and getting really clear. To manifest, you have to be very clear about uh, where you're heading or just have that much passion and love. Focusing on love of yourself and love of life ends up bringing about amazing opportunities and doors being open um, going out in nature helps you connect with your guides, um, like because you used to connect with them when you were young as well, right? And then we we talked about that at one point, Rick. How when we were younger, five and under, we're very connected and speaking and playing with them all the time, and then some condition programming sets in and we start to forget, but they always come back. They speak to us through eleven, eleven, a lot of these numbers and colors and uh, uh, symbols, and um, it's it, they just. They speak so, through so many different modalities, and you've got to be open to language coming in various different ways, the synchronistic flow, and you paying attention to it, because a lot of the times there are synchronicities and things that are happening to people, and they just don't see it. They just think it's one of those things, like telepathy. You know, uh, we can say, oh, yeah, everybody's telepathic, and they're like, you know, people will argue and say, no, we're not, and you just... Uh, Say, you know, how many times have you thought of somebody and then they suddenly called you? And then that awareness makes them see it more often and catch it and then be able to catch the pattern as well and see where it's leading, right? Yeah. And this is the yeah. way that I connect with my guides. There's, you know, there's meditation as well. I prefer playing like when you're a child. Um, I find that more effective and more fun. You're using more percentage of your brain. Um, sun gazing helps as well change of diet, Bikram yoga, all these things is my modalities of connecting with guys, but there are people have so many different ways of what works for them, right? Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. It does. Thank and you. Just, just, just know, too, there's everybody has their own unique way 
uh, of what works for them, whether it's meditation or writing or playing, like uh, Jessica says. Um, or listening to really hardcore rock music. Um, there's no right way or wrong way to um, get into the energy space that allows you to communicate with your higher self. Whatever works for you. Well, and, and, but it seems ahead. like, because I've got some big, really big decisions to make, and I try to go into that, that place, and I just, I'm never sure, I mean, the decisions I'm going to have to make are going to affect just more than myself. So I always think, well, is this me? You know, I can't tell if it's me, you know, my own thoughts, or if if it's coming from, you know, my guides. And I just yeah. don't know how to make that, you know, yeah, that determination. That's the beginning process in connecting with your guys, knowing what's your mind and what is them. And again, it comes from a feeling, a feeling of contentment. This feels right. I know that it'll be difficult, but it will be better in the long run for everybody. When you start looking for everybody's greatest good, and you detach yourself a little bit from, from yourself so you can look at life a little bit like a movie playing out. Okay. Okay, well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. I will also help uh, you connect with your guide through the etheric. You might probably feel me throughout the next couple of days and even in, in the dream realm as well. I really like to do this for people to, to show them how really connected we are and how easy it is when we focus and put our attention there. And then from there, the doors that open up and the clarity that comes um, and the trust. Just don't fall into fear during this, even if things seem like really dire. I've been homeless twice, and I know that in having... And having nothing, I, I had everything. And, like, that is where I realized how, you know, it, it really humbles you and puts things into perspective of what really is important. And these challenges really are gifts in disguise. Absolutely. And if, you, um, if you'd um, if you like to drop us your email, um, I'll more than, be more than happy to send you the PDF of my first novel, which was actually me documenting the process of going through learning how to understand what the synchronicities meant. So um, it's, it's a very honest representation of that crazy journey, the first days of uh, why is this happening to me and why, what am I going to do about it and, and what do I do next. So um, I'm, I'm more than happy to send that your way as well. Beautiful. Thank okay, you. Yeah, just drop us an email at uh, everyday.connection at gmail.com or you can go to our website. We'll have the links up during the show uh, several times. Uh, and... Uh, uh, there's a contact form on there too. So, yeah. So everyday connection. Everyday dot or period connection at gmail dot com. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's gonna free you so much. You're gonna see. You're gonna be so much more happier in the long run. Okay. Thank you. Stuff. All You're right. Welcome. Thanks, Cheryl. Uh huh. All right. That was wonderful. Yes. Are those the usual questions you guys have when people come in and call? Uh, this, it's, uh, yeah, it's similar. I mean, the the one that we had um, on Tuesday, uh, and it actually took up a great deal of the show, was the one caller, and it was um, not even a caller, actually. It was in the chat room. And, yeah, she uh, called at one point, and we didn't get to her fast enough. and then. Um, but it, it was it was that... That 
sense of what what do I do? Yeah. How do I know what to do? <laughs> and and the hard part about that is is that we can't ever give them an answer on what to do is the thing, right? You can't tell them what to do. Um, all we can do is help them figure out how to connect. That's why I tell people when they ask me about, you know, what should I do, I just share the story of when I finally connected with my guides and I wanted to know what I was to do. And they told me, what do you want to do? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to tell me. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, sorry about that. You're supposed to be a firefighter. Go and do that, Jess. I'm like, uh, uh, no. And they're like, exactly, even us, we should not tell you what you should be doing, that, you know, you can create, you're supposed to create it through your experiences, your beliefs, your truth, your skills, your talents, your passion. There is no place in the world for you to fit in, but you can create a place for you and others to fit in. Right? Exactly, which is which is why I offer the books because all all the books are really is documentation of that really confused um, journey, and then you know, I, I really all I did was document the journey into figuring out and stepping into stepping into my own truth. So it's it's certainly not me saying this is how it should be done. This is me saying holy crap, what a ride. This is what happened to me. So if, if you know, if crazy stuff's happening to you too, that's okay. <laughs> you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, it's cool. I get it. Uh, you know, because it, it was. I, a lot of it was just me journaling going, wow, no way, that didn't just happen. Um, and then it, you know, maybe it, it helps people understand that they're not alone and that it's it's really not that it's not that scary. Um, it seems scary at the time, but when you get the chance to look back in retrospect, you, you really, you get that sense of awe and that sense of that is just so cool. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the yummy in that. So that's why I offer them when people seem a little lost because it's fun. Synchronicity rocks. <laughs> Synchronicity rocks big time. Uh, yeah. All right. We, uh, we have another caller with a uh, question. I noticed uh, just, just, raise their hand. I want to remind everybody that's calling in or is listening and might be calling in. Uh, once you're on the line, you can press one to raise your hand. That lets me know that you've got a question and you can press one again. It will take your hand back down uh, uh, if you've already had your question answered or uh, uh, if you've given up on us crazy people. Hmm. What a great system you have going there. Okay, so uh, caller from area code 802. Tell us your name and... Uh, your question. Yes, hello. Good evening to you all. What a great pleasure it is to be with you all and to, to have this moment with you. My name is uh, Billy James Martin, and uh, I live here in the wonderful, beautiful state of uh, Vermont, United States. And um, I really don't have any questions. I just wanted to uh, let you know how wonderful all this is and what validation this is providing for so many people that are coming up out of a place that really was so beneficial in so many ways and uh, embracing so much darkness has really brought so much light to the world and um, I'm just so pleased to hear all this co-creative writing, poetry, people connecting. This is just such liberation for so many people and it's um, it's reaching out in places I don't think people are even understanding and uh, it's, it's awe-inspiring and uh, you guys are really, as you put it earlier, you're really putting some beautiful acupuncture into the fabric of this life that we're all living and it's it's resonating in ways that I don't think any of us can even understand at this point, but it's really, truly leading us to beautiful, beautiful ways and uh, 
I'm just so happy to be a part of all this and to have this experience with you all. And this is only going to continue to grow and grow and grow and evolve into the beauty that we already know it is from within our hearts. So thank you all so very much. And what a great pleasure it is to have our hearts beat now in this moment together. Thank you. I love you all. Wow, you're very uh, welcome. We are delighted to Billy. And we're glad we're glad you called, um, because you know, it it's nice to be able to speak to you. Um uh your support last week was wonderful. Your presence this week is wonderful and we do hope certainly that you'll keep coming back and uh you're gonna have to drop us a line, love, because we're gonna have to get you on here as a guest. <laughs> yeah, it's very poetic and a great example of being in love with life. Absolutely. So it's send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hook that up and schedule you in but uh, it's been great having you as a member of the Everyday Connection family and uh, uh, welcome we're we're just thrilled that you're here Absolutely. you're right about it only getting better as more and more people awaken we'll see that the old rudimentary idea of it having to get worse before it gets better is just falling away as more and more people are seeing um, in living our truth how inspiring that is and saying, hey, I want to know how they do that, you know, what's their secret? And so we're looking at more the uplifting as positive stories and solutions and innovative young people and people full of light that are sharing their stories um, in one way or another. We're all speaking and connecting and awakening to each other and, and creating and averting um, these disasters that were in, impending before that we've, we've basically already transcended a majority of them and we're making them a lot lighter as opposed to like people who are worried about giant earthquakes and now realizing that it's just rather than having a giant one, it's having a bunch of little ones. Right, so the earth can get her movement out, but also be conscientious of the people here that are her cells and that are are doing what they can to take on her pain and transmute it so that she doesn't have to go through it all on her own. Absolutely. Very true, very true. Now we have um a gentleman in the um in the chat room who um you know apparently, his name is Nathan. Yes. <laughs> and uh okay, he's he's saying that um um he I'm sorry, I have to go back up. Okay, so he's at a crossroads. Um he's at a crossroads with the job um that he has seems to have played its course and he's looking to do something else. His fiance lives in Venezuela. Yep. And he was thinking about working here because he's getting trained as a welder, saving some money and then moving there. Mm-hmm. Um the economy obviously is is a factor, um, and he's worried about 2012 and and an economy impending economy collapse. I think is where he's headed with that. Uh, you know, it's interesting how they're always trying to always keep us in fear. Hey, I always look at this like uh, the Grinch that stole Christmas, where um, he takes after he steals all the toys and gifts from everybody. He looks to see if the people are crying, but they're actually in joy. I mean, really when it comes down to it, if the economy collapses, the baker is still going to be a baker, the electrician is still the electrician, and everybody still has their services to offer. You know, whether the economy collapses in a a way that is shocking and creates a lot of uh, conscious upheaval and, and, and fear for people, or whether it happens where people decide, you know, to be more in balance with their money and, uh, 
putting it in the right places to bring about the best kind of energy and then realizing, you know what, we don't need this primitive way of being, you know, we should like the green beautiful. Are they still using money? It's so primitive, right? I always look at it being like a tree that gives um, unconditionally to us, regardless of who we are, what we have, what we believe, what we've done. You know, so it, and it never once charges us for its services. And I think that's the aspiration and how we are meant to be and what we're being prepared to head towards. So whether it happens or not, I mean, we are going to eventually live without money. But we should not ever, ever be motivated to move or or do something because of fear of a potential thing that could happen because it's still not set. And however it's going to go down will be for our, the, the best intention on the for the whole on a collective way. And it all depends on, you know, we can't necessarily control the stuff that happens to us in our life, but what we can control is our emotions and our actions. And that really makes all the difference in the long run too. It's, it's um, often I've often stated you can't you can't control how somebody else will act, but you can control your reaction to that person. Just like you can't control perhaps the events around you, but you can control your reaction to those events. And staying grounded, staying centered, staying calm. Um, be be the calm in the, in the center of the the storm. You know, be be the center, be the eye of the storm, and 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 just stay in stillness and know that in the end everything is going according to plan. Um, easier said than done. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're only talking about this because we ha- we're having to constantly push and live our truth. It's not enough to talk about it. We have to walk our talk. But I mean, I'm really coming to the point where we've been bombarded with fear so much that I'm so weary of it. And yeah. I I don't like how I you, you don't have clarity when you're in it. You're panicking. You're freaking out, and you don't see a, a lot of a. Uh, the other things that are happening around you, right, and your potentials and uh, solutions. So, I mean, I just, just really don't even, it's just not even worth going there anymore. It's just exhausting and a waste of brain cells, and it hasn't even happened yet. And we don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to come about. For all we know, we have this massive shift, and suddenly we're all, you know, in the fifth dimension. You know, who knows? There's so many different ways that it can come about, and it's just so funny that we're so lost in our imagination, running away with us, pretty much. It's, and then it is as a nightmare, as a self-fulfilling prophecy, um, in our inner nightmares, and manifesting this living nightmare, and then realizing, okay, the purpose of the nightmare is to deal with it in the etheric. So rather than running and fighting, why don't I just realize that it's a great teacher trying to teach me something about myself? And uh, listen to it, start to love it, heal it, and then find that it goes away in waking life. It's really true. Um, I, I, honestly, the one who reminded me of, of this the most is, is my daughter. Last year, when the 2012 movie came out, um, the end of the world movie, and and it was all over the all over the media, and they were promoting the crazy, you know, and she just. One day she just turned the radio off, which she never does in the car because she loves music. She's a music fiend. She just turned it off and she said, you know what, I'm just sick of hearing it. And I said, what, what, this 2012 thing, I'm sick of hearing it. I mean, if they really want the world to end, if they keep promoting this end of the world theory, then they'll get the end of the world. But I really do we need to hear it. We don't need to hear it. <laughs> yeah, because she's right, because they're constantly trying to put that vision or mind to manifest it. But more and more people are getting wise to this, and they're wanting to put a different vision in their mind of a planet healed and, in, you know, back to its pristine Garden of Eden and in beauty. And I really feel like 
I mean, you asked me earlier what I did, and I said I don't know because in a lot of ways it's hard for me to explain. They just got to hang out and talk with me for a bit, and then it starts to happen naturally. But when I'm on the spot, I just I just go into a verbal Picasso mode kind of a thing and talk really <laughs> fast, right? But, I mean, I really like to help people remember that there's their star seed connection, you know, that they are from the stars, that um, all in, in, androgynous, not androgynous, indigenous, Androgynous as well. That's a whole other topic. (laughs) We all are androgynous, but I mean, all indigenous cultures say we come from the stars, and uh, you know, Christianity says we come from atoms, and science says we come from we're made up of atoms. And everybody's fighting and arguing and saying, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, but really, in truth, we're all right. You know, because atoms come from the stars. Therefore, everybody is correct, just in their own different packages and perspectives and cast of characters, right? So um, I want people, and a lot of people who are starting to remember or even just feel how wrong things are on Earth compared to where they come from, this peace and harmony and this clarity, and they so badly just don't want to be here. It's just too difficult. It's just so dense and energy-wise, physically and mentally, right? Uh, so I, I tell them that, you know, we're just like seeds in the ground, and we... We, we cannot go home, but we can become home. We can have, we have those seeds of home inside of us to bring that and implement that here. And this idea of this, it really annoys me, and I constantly speak about this now, about this, this fake alien invasion and just the world being such a mess with so much disasters where there is just these ETs that are going to come and save the day or Christ is going to come and save the day. It's, it's such an erroneous thing and really ridiculous when you think about um, – what is the purpose of this to be saved? Because God, you know, I really feel that God has more faith in us than we have in ourselves. And we came here because we knew that we could do this. And to, to think that we could make a mess of this place and just leave is just as silly as like a little kid messing up their room and saying, Oh, it's okay. Mommy's going to clean it for me or I'll just move to another room. Right? So, I mean, we, they know that they're assisting and watching over us to make sure that we follow through. And I know that, when working with as a wellness consultant for healing people that um, I see people on their deathbed turn it around and do a full recovery. And I feel that the planet is a macro version of our body. And so if this, if this planet is on this, on this, you know, this point of severe health hazard and think that, you know, just like this human body can turn it around with just the right diet, the right mentality, the right kind of vaccine, exercise, fun gazing, just very basic things, and so can the planet. And we're here to be an example of that as well and uh, assist. And, and some, well, something I just wanted to throw in on the, on the, on the fear thing. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a thinker. My dad was an engineer. I was educated in a high-pressure college preparatory school with a science-math bent to it. And... Um, the more scared I get, the more I think. And then the more I think, the more my imagination can pitch in, and boy, I can come up with some scenarios that just are not even real as to how bad it could be. Yeah. And um, I find it really helpful to remind myself, and it's it's something I'm stealing from Veronica Torres, but mm-hmm. – uh, if thinking could, if thinking was going to solve this for me, it'd be solved already. Because boy, I sure have thought about it enough. Well, I think what that has also done is it's created a whole bunch of different parallels and probabilities where every single conceivable a thing that could happen has its own reality is playing itself out. And I really feel like with the journey that we've been on collectively, we've wiped ourselves out many times in the past. 
and I really feel like playing chess. We know exactly now from playing it over and over what works and what doesn't work, and that's why collectively these these children that are coming to this planet are very, very awakened. They are the sum total of all of us and the experiences that we've had, and it's unnecessary for them to go through a lot of things because we went through it for them, but I mean... I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to think that we're all awakening only to just be destroyed right when we awaken who we are, right? How does that make any sense? If you really think about it for a minute there. It doesn't make any sense. And I would like to remind every single person out there listening that if you need to know just how far we've come, look around you. Really, open your eyes to what's going on right now on this planet, around the world. We are on the verge of... The most amazing times, and we are in the most amazing times in history. We are talking about global interaction. We are learning from countries around the world about what it's really like to to grow up uh, and live their lives. We're able to communicate on a level we've never been able to communicate. Uh, we've furthered our understanding on a global level further than we have in I you know remembered history. And, and the care and the compassion that has been shown on such a grand scale in just the last five years, goodness gracious, look around you people and realize how freaking incredible human beings are. That's your proof. That's, that's what says we're going to make it and we're going to make it and we're going to have so much fun and it's going to be incredible. And just enjoy the ride and stop being afraid of where we're going to go because wherever we're going, it's going to be cool. And people have like 20, 30 guys around them. They have so much of a team and so much love. They can just barely comprehend. And just even the process before coming to Earth, the work we give into choosing our body and choosing our experiences and the lineup of waiting to come to Earth is something of, you know, just shows how hard we work to have a body and how we really are masters for being here. I always say, you know, if there's nothing we're given that we can't handle, and life is particularly challenging for us, for us, which it is, then we must be masters. We didn't feed 500 million sperm for nothing. We won the race. We obviously have something very important we came here to do. And this is something I really like to tell people who feel very suicidal and and uh, not even just people who are spiritual but thinking that, oh, we're going to lose our physical body. And they look at it as if it's like ball and chains for the spirit, right? As if the spirit is more significant than, than the physical. But I really look at it like the the spirit is in love with physical, and if life is so challenging here, why does the spirit keep coming back to the physical? Like, you would think, don't go back to Earth. They're crazy. They do horrible things to each other. But they keep coming back because it, it's in love with the physical, and it's looking for a way to bring the physical with it to these other dimensions and realms so they can exist, you know, in full um, conscious understanding of each other. Because, I mean, if you do yoga, it teaches you how to marry mind, body, and spirit because they're so disconnected they don't know how to communicate. We don't even know what our body, what pain means. We just think we have to put a painkiller in rather than understanding that it's a message that needs to be addressed to the right address. It's so true. And if your spirit can have faith in you as a human being, why can't you have faith in yourself? Everything has faith in us, even the fact that all these animals and plants that are here. I mean, this is they're, they're here because they love us so much. I mean, just a dog or a cat, I mean, they just give us unconditional love. It doesn't matter if we've had the worst day ever. They're just there to make us smile and uh, bring us so much joy and teach us things. And they, I think they, before coming to Earth, they're like, oh, you're going there? Okay, I know it's going to be really hard. I looked at your mission, and I really want to be there and help in whatever way, just by giving you joy, uh, you know, unconditionally and I mean, and we were given everything we could possibly need for this journey and then some. We're so prepared. And uh, it's totally prepared. 
it's just really neat to see how animals are responding to us, particularly when we go into our silence um, and spiritual clarity, how they are almost like, I'm finding, like, when I went to Germany, I had, um, I was talking about how the more connected we are, the more animals respond and, and look at us and welcome us as if, you know, coming back to the kingdom of God, right? Because only a child will be the way or heart, someone who possesses the heart of a child may enter the kingdom of God. And while I was saying that, a little bird sat on my lap. And uh, it looked at me so sweetly, and my friend and I tried to take the camera out, and it flew away, and it landed on this um, garbage bin, and um, I put my finger out looking at it in its eyes and speak to its soul, and uh, just was, you know, willing it to come sit on my finger. This is a wild bird, and it did. And I asked the people who um, are in charge of the park if they have, like, tame birds, people are feeding them or anything, and I told them what this bird did, and they're like, no, this is unheard of. We don't have anything like that happening at this park. So, I mean, I just find how they really like to eavesdrop on our silence. Um, you know, you find when you're doing your work and there's a fly around like, ooh, what are you writing, Nikki? Ooh, that's really <laughs> I'm a spy for the divine. I got to report and tell them, like, even spiders in a house, I think that uh, they're, just, they're spies for the divine. And they're, they, are hairy, they have hairy legs and they don't shave their legs because they, it's like um, it helps us to monitor our electromagnetic frequency and, our, and the response we have to them if we are you know, looking at them with fear and disgust or if we're looking at them as awe and admiration, you know what, I can't spin a perfectly good sacred geometry web out of my butt, you know. No, <laughs> I, I certainly can't do that That's for you, right? And just how, how beautiful they are and unique. So I think that this is something that they're, they why they come into our house and, and are here monitoring us and letting Mother Earth know, okay, you know, they're they're starting to have admiration for us and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I first moved to to where I'm living right now. The uh, I'd be out walking my dog, and the squirrels were like surprised. They would look at me, and they would turn like they were going to run, and then they would look at me. And it was it was really I videotaped it one day, and showed it to a friend. Said that squirrel's looking at you like you're crazy, and 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 I said no, I think the squirrel's just surprised. And now we we chat when we walk, we go see Mr. Squirrel. And Molly likes to go see Mr. Squirrel, and I do too, and we have fun. Uh, they've calmed down with it, but they were almost like surprised at first. Like, are you talking to me? <laughs> well, <laughs> so not, finally, they've been waiting for us for so long, and the nature spirits too. You know? I get the same thing with babies, babies in the grocery store, babies in Walmart, babies mm. wherever I am, and there's a baby, and I look at the baby, and the baby looks at me, and we'll have a little conversation, and the baby will smile, and he'll be like, hey. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I, I get where you're looking at. I, I understand. <laughs> it, it, it's fun. Um, my friend Lucian and I, we, we hang out in a store on Saturdays and wait for mothers to bring babies into the store so we can talk to the babies. They recognize you. Yeah, that's what he says. You know, um, he, he says he, the first time it was a real shock for me, and I'm like, what is going on with that kid? And he's like, well, it's just not used to seeing what it's seeing. <laughs> but. But it's really happy to see it. Sorry, Rick, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, it, it just is really happy to see it, too. That's why they're staring, you know. Yeah, finally, somebody who is awake and conscientious. I also think that they might also be preparing you for work maybe later on as a midwife or something like that as well, bringing, helping to um, bring conscious, aware souls to this earth. And the first thing they meet is a conscious being who can converse with them telepathically and send that light to them. 
I, I just have a, a, a huge respect for our youth, um, and and that's I, it looks like that's where where life is taking me now is to be able to work with the youth because I, I have this massive respect for for what they've come to teach us. So one of our, um, one of our big passions here. Uh, yeah, we'll take to facilitate, not to tell them what to do or push our truths on them, but to listen to them. It, it, yeah. absolutely, and to and to and to let them know, and to try to let everybody else know that. They really do have something to say, and that it is something that we could listen to and learn from. That their thoughts uh, and feelings are valid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That 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 they shouldn't be brushed off. They're just tiny humans, you know. They're gonna get on because they're too. tiny. Yeah, absolutely. And they they could teach us a lot. And no uh, one's been with um, repressed more throughout history than children. And their imagination, but and, that, that's to be a whole show. And they're, they're, they're the most naturally um, connected beings on the planet. I mean, barring the animals, as far as humans go, they're the most naturally connected of us. They 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 come out being connected and well aware of their connection and still in communication with that connection, and then we just shut them down. Well, but that's why we gotta do that? It's getting better. I like it. I've always said, if you know. We, the, these kids coming in now, if we just get out of the way, it'll be a fine, you know. But uh, that's what some of us are here doing is prepping the way and uh, trying to make it uh, a little bit easier for them to maintain that everyday connection. Um, let's take a quick break. And um, when we come back, I want to hear what's, uh, uh, of course, we don't make plans, but what might be on the immediate horizon for you, Jessica, and, and uh some about your services and where people can find you on the internet and that sort of thing before we go. Um, but let's play one from our new friend in Nepal, shall we, Jean? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's play from one from our new friend in Nepal because we are on a mission to get there real soon. <laughs> That's right. We have uh, a link on our website. Uh, we have been invited to uh, present uh, and and to at several youth uh, programs in uh, Nepal. And uh, we're dying to go. They're covering. They're covering everything for us. Once we get there, we just need plane tickets. So, um, uh, you know, that's us. Some somebody wants us to go work with you somewhere. We're like, yeah. I think we said yes before we were really sure where. But (laughs) that's the sort of thing we do. So anyway, we're going to play this song. It's a a beautiful young lady singing a song from our friend uh, Sunil in. Dang Nepal. And uh, no, I'm not cursing. That's the name of the town. Uh, Mm -hmm. Dang Nepal. So we'll be right back in about four minutes.
uh, solar uh, technician and um, engineering, and yeah, uh, have so much confidence, kind of a thing, because they're such second-class citizens there, right? And it's just really, really neat how they instill confidence and spiritual integrity. And we're back on. <laughs> for those who are for those who are wondering what we were talking about, um, we were discussing uh, the Barefoot Project, Barefoot, that, College. Um, mm-hmm. Barefoot College in India, which is one of the places that we definitely like to visit. Um, Jessica just brought up and mentioned um, an incredible project that is uh, teaching women um, in in a, in the Philippines. You call it the provinces. What would you call it in India? I guess in the, in the smaller towns and the outskirts. Um, teaching them how to be engineers, solar power engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, and isn't that amazing? He got challenged to do it in Afghanistan, and, and, and they wanted to know who he wanted to train and all, and he said, give me the grandmother over there, this one, grandmother, you. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, this one knows math, and this one knows, no, I want the grandmother over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, she went back and taught a bunch of other grandmothers, and they've electrified some tens of thousands of homes. Uh, it's an amazing program. Did you know so they send them out to uh, to work in other countries and just uh, it's really incredible. They're so confident and uh, they are just they're I, I don't I don't even have words. It's so amazing. <laughs> it, it was it's a really amazing thing to see um, even on YouTube and to see during the TED talk, um, which is why you know I mean if if when when we get to Nepal, it's not even if at this point because it's going to happen. I have faith. Um, when we get to Nepal, it's definitely one of the things that we would like to do while we're there is is seek out the Barefoot College because um, my goodness, I want to I want to talk to these people. <laughs> well, and I'd like to I'd like to connect the uh, you know these youth organizations that are trying to do some things in the. Uh, equivalent of provinces, uh, the, the the less developed areas of Nepal, I think yeah. Barefoot College would be perfect for them. And uh, let's integrate these. Let's take all the amazing ideas that people are doing and integrate also um, sustainable living, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, eco community, gardening, all these things, and let's integrate it. For I love the, the solar power idea. It's a, it's it's one of our passions here at Everyday Connection uh, to connect is people. connecting people and particularly connecting people globally because it does so many things. Uh, it, it spreads the wealth, so to speak, of the knowledge and lets people improve their situation, which lets them improve their attitude, which lets them find their connection. And um, uh, But it also, you you don't go to war with people that you chat with. Well, we can't do it on our own, and we are all family. You know, I think that we are, science have proven that we're all 30th cousins, so we're all family. So it's time we started acting like it. Einstein is right. It is all relative. We are all relatives, yeah. right? And so, I mean, we got, we're all in this together when it comes down to it. I mean, what happens to us in Canada or what happens to you guys in the States, we're affected by that and vice versa, even overseas. And we can no longer just focus on our little lives and, oh, my life is fine, so why should I care about other people? Because it somehow still affects us one way or another. And we will start to realize that our happiness is other people's happiness and other people's happiness is our happiness. Same with pain. And that's why so many people are depressed. They think it's them, but it's actually they're starting to feel the world. And feeling that, you know, creative solutions of what we can do. And I think people just get overwhelmed when they see all the things happening in the world. They just don't even know where to start. 
Yeah, and if you try to look at the big picture and you say, I'm going to fire, I'm going to go fix this, it is. It's daunting, it's huge, and it's insurmountable. But um, but but how about saying, I'm going to go play with them? Yeah. yeah. There's and nothing to fix, darn it. <laughs> and and that, that's what we do, but it, it, it really is. You get everybody communicating. You 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 stop the, the, the power of being able to be led by a lie. And because um, if uh, that guy over there on the other side of the ocean is talking to this guy over here, and they're talking about what life is really like, and about their kids and their family and their education and stuff, and you can't have anybody telling you that they're they they're trying to blow you up. Because you know they're not. And <laughs> you know they're not. The, the perfect example to me is what's going on in Syria right now. Uh, Ten years ago, even most of the world would have just whatever the Syrian press said is what would have been taken to be the case. But now we have people with cell phones and cameras and YouTube and Twitter, and they're tweeting and facing their spaces. And so we know that's not what's going on. We know we're being lied to. And uh, uh, so it doesn't matter which story the press picks up. So they're picking up both, sort of, because they're not sure what to think, because we don't believe the official line. And... uh, and I'm not in favor of big conspiracies or anything, but I am really in favor of transparency and honesty. And, uh, you know, I think one of the big things going on with this is that privacy is kind of a fallacy. And, you know, everybody talks about one day we're all going to be connected telepathically. Okay, well, whose secret are you going to keep then? And yeah. So the internet is almost sort of our manifestation of what of the connection we know we all have. And uh, yes, I swear the internet's a manifestation of my mom's um, perception of how life should be. If you don't want somebody to know you did it, then don't do it. <laughs> right. That was her thing. That was her big life lesson to me. If you don't want somebody to know that you did it, don't do it. It's that easy, that simple, and and the internet. I mean, there it is, and and it allows us to also understand that we're all we're all human. We all have the same needs, the same wants, the same desires, and um and and I love that about it that I can come to a place of understanding with somebody on the other side of the ocean that I would have ten years ago never gotten the opportunity to speak to. That to me is just. Um, just such a heartwarming experience and open their heart to you hey and they just can relate and connect and they just want to want to spend time with you and how much they're inspired and how you've touched other people's lives it's just such an honor it's awesome it is it's so exciting to have the opportunity to learn from people who've lived a different way of life, who have a different understanding. It's just so exciting for me to be able to go into their world and, and say, teach me, teach me, teach me. I want, I want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I, I, I love the world. I, the opportunities that we have now, um, I, I hear people sometimes say, you know, I worry for my child's future and I am, I am, forever grateful that my daughter is growing up in these times and I know to some people that sounds crazy but I really am because she's got the world at her at her fingertips literally yeah I really see the internet as a neural net the interlinking of the one and the many minds like a, a, a basic version of the Akashic records 
all technology is really training wheels for what we can do on our own. I very right. much, I constantly see that. Even crystals, I mean, they're just uh, amplifiers for what we can really do. We just, because we just don't believe in ourselves. We we believe in technology. We believe in everything but ourselves. So, I mean, yeah, but eventually when these things get, when we, either they grow and we start to realize our oneness in them or they get taken away, we'll still realize that we have that still and we can do that at any time. Like when healers are able to heal long distance or how we're connecting in each other's dreams and so forth. Yeah, I worked with a, a group of, of channels, uh, the Channels Channel, for a while. And one of the other channels and I, we were just talking over coffee on Skype, Austria and U.S. And we got to talking. We said, well, that's what we ought to do with channels because you, when you channel, you're taking vibrational information and putting words to it. So it's not in a language. Every channel I've talked to will tell you the same thing, what they're doing. And so... Then if I had a channel that speaks English over here and a channel over there that speaks German, instead of tuning into some high, my higher self, let's just tune into each other, and then somebody can talk to me over here in the U.S. in English, and you'll be talking over there in German, and we, but we don't have to learn the language. Yeah. It is. It's through the eyes and through the light. There's a lot of Spanish people who connect to my videos, and they don't speak any English, and I don't speak any Spanish, and somehow they connect to it. And I just so incredible absolutely so uh it's it's exciting to me because i the things i think that we're going to see in the next five to ten years we live and, an amazing time and yes yes ladies and gentlemen i said five to ten years which means beyond 2012 so everybody relax mm-hmm. right chill we have many plans beyond 2012. What are you talking about? Well, I'm going somewhere? What? No. <laughs> Having way too much fun. So. We have things to do. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have fun uh, putting it all together again the way that we prefer it, and then we'll just say, well, it could be better than that. And on we go. All right. So, Jessica, where where can folks find you? We we're gonna have links to your website up in the chat room. I've put them up once. I'm gonna put them up again, and of course they'll be on our website. But for our podcast listeners that might be a long way from a screen, uh, where could they find you if they're interested in checking out your work or uh, talking to you about your uh, counseling services? My website is uh, jessicamystic.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, uh, YouTube as well, Jessica Mystic One. There's some other Jessica Mystic out there. I don't know who. <laughs> when did I have to talk to them? Um, and um, the kind of uh, uh, – now I lost my words – the kind of work that I do is uh, mentoring and coaching, but on a spiritual level, helping people with the spiritual um, experiences that they've had to help them understand them, um, particularly uh, paranormal things, connections with uh, ETs, and uh, uh, also connecting people with uh, their dreams and remembering their dreams and lucid dreaming and bringing that into understanding that waking life is also a dream helping people connect with their guides, uh, healing, all kinds of things. I have a big list of it on my website. Um, and uh, if you get to see me in, in the physical, I do dressages, which is a very intuitive massage of all different kinds of modalities that come to me. Um, so, so, and massage. <laughs> I just called it a dressage. So if I, if I, if I um, stop... I have, if I bring my daughter down to Toronto to see her dad um, at Christmas time, can I stop by for a massage? Absolutely. Yeah. A massage. A massage. And I'll move all your knots, kinks, tension, backaches, headaches, and I'll just put you in this kind of state of uh, just 
clarity. Your mind would be silent suddenly, and it's just really neat because just the pain goes away right away. I'll, I'll develop things like a psychic anesthesia, which is just like when the dent when you go to the dentist and they're about to drill into your mouth and they put this uh, anesthesia to numb it. I'll do the same thing on an energetic level if I touch an area and it, it hurts, and then I'll touch it again and it won't hurt at all. So it's really fun, and it's just a sense of play. That's how it comes to me. I mean, I, my hands know more than my mind does, and I just have to step out of the way. And so that's one thing. And then I'm also working on publishing my poetry book, like we mentioned in the beginning. Um, I'm also working on a animation for, I think it's uh, the Cartoon Network uh, called The Starseed. Oh, very uh, cool. Which is it's very much like Avatar, but a starseed uh, flavor to it, about uh, seven kids representing the seven chakras flying from their own planets and so forth. I can't talk too much about it, but I'm working on that and a couple of film ideas. I really am... Uh, putting together one thing that's very always near and dear to me is about a story about life before Earth, before we come to Earth, sorry. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Very cool. I like the Chakras kids, too. Yeah, Yeah. I do, too. It's really, really fun, and it's a great way to uh, teach people about, uh, teach young people about, you know, spirituality or just help them confirm to them what they already know because we don't have to teach them anything, right? But just in, in, I love cartoons. I've always loved cartoons. Um, I find that they are the most accurate piece of our history that hasn't been tampered with, fairy tales for sh- as well. Um, yes. No, I think it's all true. I really do. Uh, I've seen more than enough evidence to state and, and memories that, that would say, yeah, um, a lot of those legends, I, they're there for a reason. <laughs> so the colors, the world, the, the way, the, the joy that it brings if I'm watching these lighthearted things as opposed to these dark things on TV all the time. I always have the cartoon channel on. Um, and uh, I'm also working on um, some projects as well. This is a youth project of... Um, I really want to do something where a lot of kids have a lot of great ideas, but, you know, like most people, they really just don't know what to do with their ideas. They are people who are stopped by time, energy, money, manpower, responsibility, and so forth, right? So teaching them how to take their inspiration to creation, you think something like um, a boys and girls club or, or a rec center rather than a school setting because that's just that doesn't interest them. A lot of the times, right, uh, they feel that a doc- they sense the indoctrination and they kind of shut off. And if you do it in a lounge setting, then they won't take it seriously either because it'll just be more lazy and chill. But I was thinking of something more of a boardroom setting where their opinions matter and they all get to brainstorm together. And we encourage them to think um, in tangible thinking, but merge that with tangible because, I mean, this is what has revolutionized the world where, you know, Einstein thought of what it would like to be ri- what it would like to ride on a beam of light. Sorry, I cannot speak today. What it would be like to ride on a beam of light, that's an intangible thought, and then merge that with math and physics, which is tangible, and you have the theory of relativity, right? Or just how the Wright brothers believed it was uh, they could fly in a time that it was impossible. And because they, you know, the amount of ridicule they, they must have endured, but because they believed it, you know, they manifested it as a reality for everybody. And so I really think, because we were talking about about the genocide of imagination in our school setting, that, I mean, and also just how there's all these, these, the more and more people are having these ideas for for the world situation, like the Barefoot College, what a great idea, right? But, I mean, we have to help them have a platform to put it together and to be listened to. Because I, I find, like, 
I think I came across this idea when I was um, riding the bus and I heard these 16-year-old kids talk about how much they would love to have a basketball court and if only um, our town would build them a basketball court. But, you know, they didn't know how to do that. So instead they got angry and drunk and they vented their anger out in the community. And the next day people are like, oh, those punk kids are up to no good again. And, and I was thinking, well, no, they really just wanted to play basketball and they got frustrated. So, I mean, their energy went from constructive to destructive. So all we got to do is show them how to bring it back to constructive again. And I've just been really inspired by just hearing young kids and how they've been changing the world um, with their inspiration, like a seven-year-old boy who is responsible for building a lot of the wealth in Africa and giving um, the people clean water, you know, and he just, he was just determined to, um, once he heard that people were dying of, uh, of thirst, he decided that this was going to be his mission. And he just told everybody in the church and his family and started raising money, and he just got more and more people's attention. And now he's 17, and he's traveling the world, you know, inspiring other kids to set up wells in other countries. And he's just an inspiration, and he's got confidence in everything. And I think that's what's lacking again. The kids need to know how to follow through with their ideas. You know, and so that's something that I'm really passionate about working on and in implementing it all over in every little community. I think that we need a place we can go to to expand on and be supported with our ideas and understanding. Even Facebook. I would love to see Facebook rather than being a, uh, a social network, but just to have where people can share their dreams and visions and ideas for making the world a better place and then um, sharing what's stopping them as well and um, the, their talents and their skills and so forth. And then, say, having 500 people look at that and then one maybe focusing on it for a week and helping them in whatever way they can and then moving on to the next person for the next week and so forth. Therefore, all 500 people get to be helped with their ideas as well while they are helping each other too. You know, things like that I really am inspired with right now. And just because I've been a speaker for quite some time now, I really think that, you know, we're, a lot of people are speaking and, and sharing, but now it's really time to be the action and, and implement it more and more. Absolutely. Where we can't hear about this anymore in movies and books, we need to see it in our own community, in our own family, recognize it, and know how to engage and develop it and uh, nurture it into, you know, growing and thriving within us rather than letting it stagnate, even just in third world countries, rather than giving them just vaccines and canned food, showing them how to grow their own food and uh, knowing how natural cures and things like that, things that will be, you know, sustaining in the long run. And I'd, I'd like to see us, instead of arriving somewhere and, and deciding that life's not good there because it doesn't look like what we left at home, that before you... We have things we can do that can help other people, yes. But before you help somebody, find out what's going on. Sit down, have some tea, chat, find out what's going on because they know a lot. They have a lot to teach, and that's um, that That was what I learned from going to the Philippines is that uh, I, I really went in there with this. Uh, it's a third third world country. I'm from a first world country. There's a lot that they're missing that we don't have or that we have that we could offer. I went in there and holy crap, did they ever change my mind on that right quick. They had so much to offer me just in the way of, of embracing family values in the way of looking at life and, and finding joy and simplicity that uh, I wrote. I've been writing about it for three years. So it, it's, it's long past the time that we can go into another country and say that we have the answers. We need to start going into other countries and saying, so uh, what do you got to teach us? Yeah, what are you up to over here? <laughs> yeah. How about the, what there's are you a doing? Filipino, there's a Filipino man that is going around 
there's a lot of houses over there that are completely they're corrugated tin on all sides. There's no windows. It's dark in there, even in the daytime. No light. And so he's come up with a way. He takes a small piece of corrugated tin. He puts a Coke bottle in there. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. It's amazing. Share away, Rick. And, and, and add a cap of bleach so the water doesn't get gooky. And, and, and then you go up and you punch a hole in the, in the roof. You put this down, put a little sealant, and you got light in the room all day, just like a light bulb. I mean, bright. Brighter than a light bulb, they said. And, and when you actually see this on film, it's absolutely amazing. And, and as much as I miss my babies over on the other side of the world and want to go back and hug them someday, um, when I get back over there, i got to find this guy <laughs> and, and just hug him for, for coming up with this brilliant solution to um, to a problem. Taking garbage and turning it into a light bulb that's, that's just, it's, and, it's and fun filtering through this plastic bottle full of water and, and with a, with a cap full of bleach. And talk about solar solar energy. That one's not so, going to break down, you know. It's so, so it's so cheap. We should be doing that here. We have a lot to learn. We need to humble ourselves to learn also from the third world countries and and not patronize them or think that we are, you know, we have we're going to come in and teach them only because it's it's definitely a. Exactly and, that. And, uh, exactly that. Because, uh, the folks over in, uh, I think it was, I think it was Ethiopia, the the one we just saw recently, Jane, about uh, uh, the Coke bottle houses. Yeah! Wow! I mean, okay, they're taking they're taking plastic bottles, and they're teaching ladies how to take the sand and and dirt from right where they are and put it through a screen so that it's nice and fine, and and put it in these bottles and and tamp it down, get it compressed. And then they use a mud, uh, uh, a mud mortar, mortar, yeah, mud mortar, mortar to put these bottles together to make houses. They use the bottles as and, bricks, and they're bulletproof apparently. Yeah, well, and they're they're twenty times stronger than normal bricks if you use good compressed sand in there, and um, so they can build up to three stories with them. And because the bottles are long and and they're full of this compressed stand, sand, it is a side effect that they're bulletproof. So, Perfectly insulating. Uh, Keeps the house cool, cool during the day, yeah. warm at night. Um, and, 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 and why are we building, not doing this? What? We're building factories to get rid of our garbage to turn it into more new products. So these guys are taking garbage and they're turning it into immediately on the spot something that's usable, something that's um, something that's going to better their life. And they're not having to transform the object. They're simply using the object that they have. We can learn from that. We should be learning from that. And, and if nothing else, you look at the number of plastic bottles we throw away. Man, that's a lot of houses. And I would not have to pay rent. They're building these houses for people that don't have them. And uh, they're teaching the women in the village how to do it. So they're just off making houses now. Round, beautiful, bulletproof, insulated houses uh, it's amazing and that's what we want to encourage that's what we call your everyday connection those aha moments even these dome houses that people are making i mean because they're made with harm in harmony with nature i know people who wear glasses and then they move into them they don't have to wear glasses anymore their eyesight just um completely recover like heals itself and this is what we're talking about when we're saying look around at your world people really look around at your world and see what people are doing because uh, you just, there is nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, you want to live in a beautiful world yeah. where people Human are helping each other awesome. and doing amazing things. 
All you got to do is look around. Just don't look at what somebody else says you should be looking at, like perhaps the news media. Yeah. Look past that and see what's really going on, and you'll find that this is just the most awesome time, the most awesome planet, the most awesome beings. And, and keep coming back here because we're going to keep bringing you awesome guests to share these stories and, and to tell you about it. And hopefully soon we'll be doing the show from Nepal. <laughs> yeah, you never know. We'll do a remote from Nepal. We'll, we'll uh, yeah, you will. start visiting people. But um, It would anyway. be really neat to make a, a documentary about all the amazing solutions and things that people are doing, right, that would just goes on like YouTube and just does like just to make it on a large scale, right? Because there are so many uh, documentaries of the world's problems. But just rem- just imagine solutions, one after the other, very innovative, like the ones we were talking about today, and ones that we are yet have yet to discover. Well, yeah, and uh, and get these things spread around in the hands of the people that need them. Yeah. Um, beautiful people. I've really enjoyed um, being in your guys' energy tonight. Thank you so much. Well, we're I'm just really glad that you could come join us. And, and on Facebook there, love, because uh, this youth stuff that you're talking about falls into line with one of the projects that we've launched, and I'd like to talk to you more about that. Um, so Sure. That would be Looking Younger, and uh, yeah. it's a wonderful project. We're trying to solicit articles from kids ages 5 to 20, uh, give them a place where they can have an outlet, and we're going to put it in a book and publish it. But uh, that's a whole other story, and we've we've, and we've kept run out of time. For time and, <laughs> and our guests have all stayed with us. Uh, you guys are champs. We love you very much. And, that's uh, awesome. Just rock. And uh, you guys on the on the phone with me, y'all rock. We're just it, it's just a rocking time to be around. So uh, <laughs> you guys come join us again next week. Uh, the fun continues. We have Wendy Kennedy of. Uh, uh, she channels the Pleiadians. Was in the uh, film Tuning In, channeling in America. Um, does some great work, and I am sure has some interesting stories to tell because that's what we like to hear. Absolutely. And hey, if anybody out there has an idea on how we can get to Nepal by the twenty eighth, drop us a line, man. Because we. <laughs> yeah, listen. If you if your jet if you're not using your jet that weekend, if we could just borrow it, it'd be cool. <clears throat> Like I said, Air China is very, very cheap. I bet you guys can get uh, even closer, maybe to India, and then from there, it can get you guys can find a way to Nepal. Yeah, we're gonna have to check that yeah. out. Thank you so yeah. much for the uh, the heads up Good on that. Tips. Sounds yeah. like a good idea. All right, guys. Good right. night. We love night, you. Night, everybody. Love you. We'll night. Warm embrace, listing grace. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then visit their website at everydayconnection.me and be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. 
Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.